chapter 63. Psalms chapter 63. To be honest with you, I really had another message that I really, really wanted to preach. Uh, I've had it for probably five years and never got to pull the trigger on it. And I really felt like I was going to get to pull the trigger on it. And the Lord said no. Yet again. (laughs) So I'm going to stick it back in there, and it may be another five years. I don't know. But I'm going to stick it back in there and hope that the Lord will eventually let me preach it one of these days. Uh, but I think, uh, I do want to say I thank Justice for minding the Lord uh, and singing what she did because it helped me really uh, figure out where God wanted me. So Psalm 63, very short chapter. We're going to read the whole chapter. The Bible says, O God. Thou art my God, early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live, I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul falleth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it, shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. There shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Let us pray. You most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I I thank you, God, tonight, Lord, for being able to stand up here beside this sacred desk. Lord, I, I pray, God, Lord, that for the next few moments, God, Lord, you just touch us, touch our lips and our mind. Uh, Lord, just let us be a blessing unto you people, God, tonight. Lord, we'll thank you and we'll praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Uh, There's a lot in this scripture. We could settle down here and we could honestly, uh, there's a lot of messages could come out of this scripture right here and we could go a lot of different ways. Uh, But I just want to give you a thought that God gave me in a few short points. Uh, But I want to look at one verse and then I'll go somewhere with it. The Bible says there in in verse number 5, he says, My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. I got to thinking about being satisfied. I got to thinking about being satisfied, and that might make a little more sense why I was so happy when Justice sang what she did. I'm satisfied with a lot of things. Uh, I preached this message not too awful long ago, uh, and it really fell on some good ground. But as I, as I began to study it some more and study in and get a little deeper, I found out that there's a lot more that I'm satisfied with than what I'm not satisfied with. Now, we can, might get down tonight, and we could go around the room, and I could probably ask each and every person here, tell me something you ain't satisfied with. No doubt a lot of things that come up, politics, wages, your job, 
so many things that go on, your finances, uh, things that we're not always satisfied with. We live in a world that there's so many commercials for everything. You get a car, you go buy a car, and the first thing you do when you turn on the television, it seems like, is the newer model. That's the next thing. And you say, man, I ain't satisfied with that anymore. I got to have the next one. So we live in a world and a society that doesn't want us to be satisfied. But let me tell you a few things, and I know there's a lot, but I'm going to tell you a few things that I'm satisfied with tonight. First thing I'm satisfied with is His love. His love. Turn over to Romans chapter 8. We're going to flip a little bit. Turn over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 35 it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our God. So I see that it's a never-ending love. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. I like there in the verse when he goes on to say, not just things of this world, but even things of another world. Heavenly things, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers can separate us from the love of God. He says, I am persuaded. I am persuaded. You get to looking into that, boy, that's to be 100%. Not to have doubt, but to be fully persuaded, fully all in. I got thinking tonight, do you understand, have you been persuaded tonight? That you can't be separated from the love of Christ? That ain't, in, that ain't in my message, but have you been fully persuaded? Because if you get to look in here, he said there, I am persuaded. Not I'm partially persuaded or sort of persuaded. I am persuaded that neither death, he says even just like the preacher was talking, that's the only thing that matters when death comes for you, whether it be now, later, whether it be on this earth, or whether it be in the tribulation, or not tribulation, but... Uh, the resurrection, I'm, I'm all confused here. I've done got myself tore up, amen. Uh, but when we get to these things, when we get to that point, he says neither death can separate us from the love of Christ. So there's a lot of things in there that he's pulled out, again, that cannot separate us. It's a never-ending love. It's not only a never-ending love, but it's the greatest love. The Bible says in John 3, 16, probably the most familiar verse in your Baptist churches, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 15, 13 says, Greater love hath no man than this than a man lay down his life for his friends. Amen. So I'm satisfied with a love tonight. We say all the time, I love you or man, I love so and so. I, I love them, I love them. And as much love as we have for, for one another, as much love as we have for our children or for our spouses, it don't even come close to the love that we get from Christ. 
not only satisfied with His love, but I'm satisfied with His comfort. With His comfort. There's comfort in the hard times. I got thinking over there in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, it says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Anybody ever went through a hard time? Raise your hand if you've ever went through a hard time. Everybody in the church, ain't you glad that when you're going through the hard times, ain't you glad that when something comes into your life, that He's there to comfort you? When nobody else can comfort you, again, that love that you have with your spouse or with your children, even when they can't comfort you, He can. I not only find comfort in the hard times, but I find comfort in His Word. The Bible says in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Boy, I got to thinking about finding comfort in His Word. We've been talking a lot this week uh, uh, with some friends and some co-workers and a lot of things going on in the county. Man, of people trying to attack the Scriptures. People trying to attack the Scriptures. You say, what do you mean attack the Scriptures? I mean, they're saying that this blessed King James Bible ain't right. They're saying it ain't the right Bible. They're saying it's full of, full of uh, uh, it, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's, got, it's blemished. They're saying that it's wrong, that there's, there's parts in it. They said, if you'll get studying. I was reading behind somebody the other day, just out of curiosity. I wasn't studying behind them, amen. But they said, if you'll really get to looking at that King James, there's some things in there that's wrong. And I thought, boy, that's dangerous ground to be walking on. But I'm glad that when, when things get rough, or even on a day when you're just struggling, it may not even be anything going on, you may just be struggling during the day, that you can open up God's Word, and you can find comfort within the Scriptures. I can't name the times that you go. You ever been going down the road and you see some scripture on the back of somebody's, uh, the back of somebody's car on the bumper, and boy, it just blesses your soul. You ain't really going through anything, but boy, it just comforts your soul to read it. It's because it's God word, because it's a comforting word. I'm satisfied with His promises. Back to John three sixteen, He said, "For God so loved the world." That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm glad that I'm a whosoever tonight. I'm glad that I have that opportunity that he's given me a promise that I have everlasting life. Because I believe in him. Amen. It's a forever promise. It's a faithful promise. The Bible says in Titus chapter 1, it says, Paul, a servant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. Amen. You have a faithful promise tonight. You have a promise that's being given to you that ain't going to break. We tell people a lot of times that we're going to do something. Billy, I tell a lot of people, yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to be here. Yeah, I'm going to be there. Amen. There's a lot of things that I tell people that I'm going to do. And you say, well, do you just don't do them? Well, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I forget. 
I'm about with my memories about like a goldfish 90% of the time. I don't not do it at an ill heart, but I do it because I forget. But glad, ain't you glad that God ain't forgot His promises? I'm glad it's a faithful promise. The Bible says there in John 14, 1 through 3, so, so, I ain't giving you nothing tonight that ain't very familiar, but it says, Let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Boy, what a promise tonight we have. If you're saved and born again, what a promise you have. What a promise that's been given unto you. If you're not saved, amen, I know some promises you need to get in on. If, you're, if you were here this morning and heard the message, I know there was some conviction going on. That promise can be yours. It's a promise for everybody that's saved. That's the thing about it. It's a promise that's here for the taking. He's already promised it, just like the Bible said there earlier in that earlier verse, promised before the world began. Amen. He's done promised it aforetime. It's done been there, and it's waiting on you. It's just yours for the taking. Amen. I'm satisfied with His protection. With His protection. I see that it's a covering protection. He says, but thou, O Lord, Psalms 33, thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. I got to think about these kids. I, I don't know what all they've been studying in Sunday school. But I have a good idea that it's been doing something with the armor. And they all had those, those shields. And they, they've been coming out of Sunday school. And they'll have that big shield up. Boy, ain't it just like the Lord. That He's a shield for us. When everything's going on. When everything's going away. And everything's going on in our lives. That we have a, a Savior that steps in front of us. That takes the brunt of it and each and every day so that we can press forward, so that we can keep going on. I can promise you we wouldn't last a second without his protection. You know, I look at some of the things we were talking the other day. Uh, I was talking with some of the guys and I said, boy, I'll tell you one thing. I look back at some of the things i done when I was a little bit younger. And I look back now and I'm like, man, how ignorant. You say, were they bad things? No, I was just ignorant. Doing stuff is about to get me half killed most of the time. And I said, man, if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't last a second. Because he says, oh Lord, are a shield for me. He says, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. He not only tells him that he's a shield for him, but he says, man, when things get rough and I just can't hardly hold my head up, you're the lifter up of mine head. And boy, I got to thinking about that. If, you, if you'll really get to chewing on some of this, it'll do you a lot of good. I promise you that. It's done me a lot of good just going back and restudying what I've already studied one time and getting more out of it. It's like God says, I don't think you fully got that. Let me give it to you again. But it's a covering protection. Not only that, but it's a complete protection. John 10, 29 says, My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man, is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. He just reiterates the same thing again. No matter what comes in this world, 
no matter what you're going through, no matter what happens, whether it's a little storm, whether it's a big storm, whether it's a little thing, a big thing, whether it's something you think you can handle on your own or whether it ain't, he says, guess what? Ain't nobody can touch you. He says, you're in, the, you're in his hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And that means all. That's everybody that you could possibly ever think of. He said, no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Boy, I'd hate to be living in, in, in this day and age worrying about getting saved every other day. I, I, I ain't going to run that rabbit. We can all come to agree. If you don't believe in eternal salvation, see Bradley after the message. If you believe you can lose it, see Bradley after the message. He's like, great, he's threw me in, under the bus now. But I think we can all come to a common, common ground here and we can understand that we all believe that once saved, always saved. And boy, what a blessing that is to think, man, even though I fail him, even though these times that I let him down, I'm still saved. Even when I don't do what I'm supposed to do, even when I do things I shouldn't, I'm still saved. Nothing can come between us and the Father when it comes to salvation. Lastly, I see some, one last thing. Again, well, I could go on for, for days with things that I'm satisfied with when it comes from the Lord because, let's be honest, He ain't never let any of us down. He ain't never done one bad thing to us. He ain't, he, ain't never, he ain't never just let us go and said, you're on your own now, go do your own thing. But lastly, I see that I'm satisfied with His provision. I'm satisfied with His provision. It's a spectacular provision. The Bible says there, I've lost my place here, hold on, bear with me. The Bible says there, Matthew 6, 7 and 8 says, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they, sh that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Boy, it's a spectacular provision. He goes on to say there that he already knows what you need before you know that you need it. You ever had somebody come into your life and they end up being just, just a 100% blessing in your life. Maybe you didn't know them from Adam before that. Maybe you didn't know, even know who they were, never even heard their name. And then you get to looking at what a blessing they are in your life, and you're like, man, God knew what he was doing. I look back over some years, and you know, I, me, and, uh, me and Tara, when we, we were going to church, and then uh, we left the church, and I told her, I said, I just don't understand I said, I don't understand what God's doing. And I said, I just, I just don't get it. You know, you get to that point that you just you don't understand. You just can't wrap your brain around it. And, and you begin seeing things happen. You still don't understand, but now I look back on it. And I told Tara one day, I said, God finally showed me something. I said, He finally showed me why He was doing what He was. I'll be honest with you, I never heard of Concord Church. Never heard of it. Before we came here, I'd never heard of this church. Not one bit. But God knew what we needed before he brought us here. God knew what me and her and those kids needed before he brought us here. God puts things and people and times in your life 
Because He knows what you're in need of. Maybe even before you do. I see not only that it's a spectacular provision, but I see that it is a superior provision. Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I'm glad it ain't according to my riches. That'll run out pretty quick. I'm glad it ain't according to nobody else's riches, but His riches. He says, but my God shall supply all your need, not your wants. Amen. we could sit up here and talk about wants all day long. Again, going back to that never being satisfied. We could talk about a lot of things we want, but when it gets down to coming down to the things that we need, Boy, I don't see anybody in here tonight with a lot of needs. I'll just be honest with you. You say, well, you don't know that. Don't, you don't know how, what's going on in my life. I know somebody that can supply your needs. I do know that. The Bible says, Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. He says above all that we ask or think. He says if you think, you know I got thinking about, I get thinking, that's scary when I get thinking. But how many times do we say if I could get this, I could make this happen. If I believe if, if we could do this Billy, that we could do this. I believe if God would do this. Or I think, he says he can do way above and beyond all that. He says he can go way above and beyond your little finite mind that you've got according to the power that worketh in us. It's such a satisfying provision that's given to each and every one of us. So I ask you this question and I'll be done. Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied? You say, well, I think I'm satisfied. Or I might be satisfied. If you're waiting to get satisfied by the things in this life, I'm afraid you're going to be sadly mistaken. I, I don't think you'll ever be satisfied if the next thing you're looking for is some material item. If you're looking for something to satisfy that longing. You know, I got thinking this morning when the uh, Bradley, when you were preaching, I got thinking about, man, when I was lost, I needed something. Yeah. I tried teaching Sunday school. I tried opening up Sunday school. I tried singing in the choir. I tried studying more. I tried reading my Bible more. I tried doing all these things. Those are great things. We need to be doing those things. But that didn't satisfy me. That ain't what I needed. So I issue this disclaimer. If you're lost here tonight, you can be satisfied. I fully feel like the preacher preached a message this morning. I don't believe God's going to put a message like that on a man's heart. Because everybody's saved. A lot of love and a lot of labor went into that message. Because he cares about somebody's soul. Because somebody's not satisfied. You can become satisfied with that love, with that promise that's given to each and every one of us. As I close, I, I give you this.
Get satisfied tonight if you're not. Maybe you've just fell to the wayside. Maybe you've just got out of fellowship with God. That's easy to do. Not because of Him, but because of us. Maybe you fell out of fellowship. I have before. Maybe you fell out of fellowship before. And boys, things just don't seem that satisfying when you do. But to be in the will of God, to be doing what God wants you to do, to be saved, to have that promise, you will be satisfied more than that than anything else in this life. Thank you and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, or eyes are closed tonight. While Colton was preaching, I got to thinking about a song. The song goes, I am satisfied. I am satisfied. But the question comes to me. When I think of Calvary, is my master satisfied with me? I wonder this evening, it's a great message. I wonder this evening how many would just be honest and say, Preacher, I've never found that satisfaction. I, I need to be saved tonight. God's give you two opportunities in a row tonight. That today, you say, preacher, I want to come and ask the Lord to satisfy me through salvation. 